Well, can I just say thank you so much again? It's a real privilege and a, a pleasure for us to be invited here and to enjoy in your really exciting mission. Uh, Jesus had compassion on the lost, and we too, as we follow the Lord Jesus, want to have compassion to the thousands of people around us that do not yet know of him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day of new grace and mercy. Father, we want to hear your voice today. Uh, Father, please remind us of your great love and mercy on your people. Thank you for the great salvation that we have in Jesus. Father, please be with us through your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand your word and to live for you. Help us to be strong in the grace that is found in the Lord Jesus. And Lord God, would you help me to be faithful? Uh, Please, would any words that I say that are unhelpful fall to the ground? Uh, May any words that build and encourage and point to the Lord Jesus, may they be impressed upon our hearts. And Father, we pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Do you know the joyful feeling of enjoying special meals together. Maybe it's celebrating a very special achievement. You get a promotion at work and all your mates put on a really nice dinner for you. Uh, Erin, my wife, and I, we recently got married and we really enjoyed having all of our good friends and our family uh, from various places all in that one room. I remember just looking around, just, just smiling, just being so happy Uh, that everyone that I really cared for was there. It just felt right. I can think of nothing much better than a meal around the table with my best mates and my family. On Anzac Day, which is coming up in April, some of you may attend a dawn service, uh, perhaps on the beach. You stand huddled together, brought close to strangers on either side, brought close for that one day, who, who for that one day, they just feel like brothers and sisters, don't they? Just imagine it. You're on the beach, a cold breeze hits your face, the waves are crashing along the shore, and then you hear the bugler, that distinctive sound rings in your ears, calling you to remember. Who is it that you remember? Maybe a grandparent? Maybe a great-granddad who fought valiantly, paying the ultimate sacrifice for your country's freedoms. My great-grandfather fought in the First World War as a pilot, and I think of him in that moment of silence. I think of him, I think of his Bible handed down to me, which in curly letters says, Be strong in the grace of Jesus. Or I think of my granddad, who built planes during the Second World War. Or I think of my wife's father, who used to be a serviceman. See, that moment is very special for us. It's very moving. And so I wonder what goes through your mind in that 60-second pin-drop silence. Is it sorrow, as you remember their sacrifice? Is it joy, as you remember what pride, with pride, what their deaths achieved. And as the sun shines, breaking through the dark, the moment comes for the ode, 
a man steps up in military dress and with a loud voice, holding back the tears, cries out, They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. I wonder this year, will you remember them? At the RSL, at the barbecue, will you remember them? If you're anything like me, a few days after Anzac, when the poppies are gone, when the biscuits are eaten, I fail to remember them. In the busyness and stresses and normality of this everyday life, what shall we remember? And as we've just read in this passage, it's, it's the day before Good Friday. It's the week leading up to Jesus' death. And Jerusalem is a hive of activity. It's the day of the Jewish Passover. Jesus has had this meal every year since he was a young boy. It's a bit like Christmas or Anzac Day. It's a very special occasion. In the busyness and stresses of their everyday lives, would they stop to remember God, who on the very first Passover rescued their ancestors out of Egypt? Jesus, before he heads to the cross, does a really intriguing thing. He enacts, he role plays, he rehearses his death and shows his disciples how they should remember him. It's as if Jesus looks at every one of us and asks, will you remember me? Today we ask a simple question. Who is Jesus? Maybe for you, Jesus is a pie-in-the-sky fabrication with absolutely no relevance for life. For some, Jesus is just an insurance policy that your spouse holds onto in case the claims in the Bible are actually true, but they're probably not. And for others, Jesus is a mind-controlling, charismatic genius, perhaps even a magician, an ancient-day Houdini, but he is most certainly not God. Dr. Luke meticulously wrote his gospel, this biography of Jesus, so that we may be sure of the things that took place. The purpose of Jesus' impending death could not be clearer. Using the language of the Old Testament, Luke wanted us to be sure about why Jesus died and to remember him. For the Jews, it's as if Jesus took a ceremony that we all know and understand He took Anzac Day and says, it's about me. Will you remember me? So let's dive in. We've got two points today. First, a Passover lamb prepared. And second, Jesus, our saving Passover lamb. Our first point, a Passover lamb prepared. That's from chapter 22, from verses 7 to 13. Jesus insists on celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples before his death. Now, as we see, we've seen this meal centers on the Passover lamb. Uh, Read again with me from chapter 22, verse 7. Have a look. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. 
See, Jesus here prepares this hugely significant meal called the Passover. As we've seen, the Passover was celebrated by Jews to commemorate the day when their Lord rescued and delivered them from Egypt. For Jews, this is a bit like their Anzac Day celebration. The barbecue at the RSL. Unlike a good Aussie barbecue, there's meat, usually a lamb. And as we saw, each family would bring a little lamb into their home and care for it for four days. And when the day of Passover came, the blood of the lamb was smeared on the doorposts of every family's home. God, as punishment for Egypt's rebellion, wiped out the firstborn of every family. But when he saw the blood on the doorposts, he would pass over and spare the family's firstborn. Passover became a celebration meal to do every year in remembrance of God's gracious and powerful redemption. The Jewish people would stand with their families and they would remember God. As they ate the lamb, they would remember that first lamb, which rescued the firstborn of their ancestors many, many years ago. And they would be thinking, wouldn't they? It was that lamb whose blood was shed that rescued my ancestor. So God looked at the blood of that lamb and my great, 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 great grandfather was rescued. And it's because because God rescued him that I stand today. And so I will remember him. I will remember the God who rescues. Friends, imagine it with me. Jerusalem is a hive of activity. They've left the preparations late, maybe even too late. The lambs have all sold out of wool- at woolies and colds. Join with me in chapter 22, verse 8. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. And see how they replied? But Peter and John cry out, perhaps with a tinge of panic in their voices, Verse 9, where do you want us to prepare it, they asked. Preparing a Passover isn't easy. You need a lamb, you need bitter herbs, you need unleavened bread, you need a room, you need a table. Jesus, where are we going to find these things? The supermarkets are all cleared out. It's like preparing for Christmas dinner on the day itself. It's crazy. But did you see how calm Jesus was? Have a look at me from 22, verse 10. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. Relax. Jesus has it all under control. He's made all the preparations. It's all ready. He's prepared everything. And so, chapter 22, verse 13. Read that with me. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. Panic averted. Passover is going to happen. Jesus made provision. They will remember their God. They will have their Anzac Day. They will remember the rescue of their God. 
as they look at that land and give thanks in their hearts. And that brings us to our second point, our second point. Jesus, our saving lamb, from chapter 22, verses 14 to 23. The hour has come, 22, 14. Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I wonder if you noticed that when the reading was read out so brilliantly. Jesus eagerly desires to eat the Passover. In fact, one translation says he fervently desired, he really, really wanted to eat this Passover with them. Why was that? Why was this meal something he so eagerly anticipated? The end of verse 15 is really illuminating. Have a look. I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus says, I'm about to suffer. But before I do, I must eat this meal with you. And see what he does next? Follow with me from verse 16. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And so after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can you see that Jesus enacts what he's about to do in the very next chapter? It's like most weddings that have a rehearsal to clarify the events that are about to take place. And so Jesus clarifies what he's about to do with his disciples, for his disciples. And he says, this is my body which is given for you. Christ's body is given. It's so imminent and it's so sure that it's written in the present tense. Did you notice that? And did you notice that the focus has shifted now? In the previous section, the focus was on the lamb that was slain, the blood of the lamb that secured redemption in the Old Testament. But have a look in your Bibles. Can you scan from verses 14 to 23? Have a look. Can you see a reference for a lamb? Can you see it? It's not there. The light shines not on the lamb casserole at the middle of the table, but on Jesus Christ himself, the saving lamb. Read again with me from verse 15. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Verse 19. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus enacts his imminent death through the meal of bread and wine. The meal itself, the act of breaking bread, points to Jesus' own body, his own sacrifice, his giving of himself as the Passover lamb on the cross. Jesus uses this meal in effect to say, I am the saving lamb. For hundreds of years, you've celebrated the Passover. You've remembered God rescuing Israel from Egypt. You've given thanks for this great redemption. Well, I'm telling you today, I am the saving lamb. It all pointed to me. I am the true redemption. Can you see that Jesus is the lamb? 
He paid the ultimate sacrifice for sins. Soldiers pay great sacrifices, don't they, in war to secure our freedom. I'm very thankful of my great-grandfather, my grandfather, for their service in the war. Lambs pay sacrifice to redeem the first-born Jewish children in Egypt. But these are just signs to the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, the saving lamb. Can you see the parallels between the Passover story and the new Passover of Jesus? As the blood of a lamb is shed, Jesus' own blood is shed. This lamb dies in place of the firstborn son. Jesus dies in place of us. The blood of the lamb appeases a wrathful, angry God. The blood of Jesus rescues sinners from judgment. The Passover called for a meal of remembrance. Jesus' death also calls for a meal of remembrance. Will we remember him? How much more should we remember Jesus, who paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we may live, especially when we consider it should have been us? It should have been me on that cross. It should have been you punished, beaten, mocked, crucified for sin. Hear the words again of Jesus, verse 19. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20. This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. When Jesus approached that terrible cross, he had, as it were, your names written, engraved on his heart. He gave his body for you. He gave himself instead of you. When he took his last breath, he had you in mind. He died so that you may live. You remember the deaths of men and women who gave their lives for Australia, your forefathers, and rightly so. Their sacrifice was great. But do you remember him? the Lord Jesus, who made an even greater sacrifice for your eternal redemption. His redemption is not like the redemption of the first Passover. We, didn't, we don't sacrifice lambs every year as Christians. The sacrifice of lambs is incomplete. I could sacrifice millions and millions of them, but that wouldn't save me from my sin. But his sacrifice is perfect. He died once for all for the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 10, verses 11 to 12, hear these words. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for all sins, he, Jesus, sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus offered one sacrifice 
for sins. When we remember him, we remember not an incomplete salvation. When we look back to Jesus, we remember him who lived a perfect life, who never sinned, who never slipped up, not even once. He was perfectly obedient. And he was perfectly obedient even in going to the cross to die for us. And therefore, he is our perfect sacrifice. Can you imagine that? All your guilt, all your shame, all your sins covered by him and his blood. All the things we should have done but didn't, covered by his blood. Imagine for a moment all the mistakes you've ever committed in your life, all the sins, all the things that if you could go back in time, you would change. I wonder if you can imagine just for a moment that all of those things were recorded on a DVD. Replaying all the the scenes of all your mistakes and all your sins. If you're anything like me, I would cringe and cower in guilt and shame. But it's as if Jesus takes that DVD and smashes it. Never again will it be played. Instead, he gives you his perfect DVD, a perfect life, a perfect record, and says, this is yours. What amazing grace. In the very simple meal that Jesus gave for us to remember him, he says in verse 17, take this and divide it among you. And join with me in 22, verse 19. He says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As we look at the bread in the Lord's Supper, we will remember him. That he gave his body in the ultimate sacrifice. And as we prepare to drink the wine from the cup, we will remember him that he shed his blood on the cross. It's a reflective moment. Like Anzac Day, we reflect on what Jesus has done to purchase our deliverance and secure our future. But it's also a joyful moment. For we remember that our sins are totally forgiven and shame is washed away. And we're given the right to feast with him in the banquet of the kingdom of God. Join with me in verse 16. He says, Jesus says, For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Verse 18. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Cast your eyes a little bit after our verse, our passage as well, to verses 29 to 30. Verse 29. And I confer on you, the disciples, a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones. One day Jesus will drink the wine and eat the bread again with us. So we look back to Jesus, our saving lamb, and we look forward to the ultimate feast, which we will share with him. Today, we will remember him as millions of Christians have in gatherings just like this one around the world and through the ages since his death over 2,000 years ago. As we draw to a close, I hope you can see that Jesus is no Houdini. He really did die in our place. 
It was no hoax. Jesus is not a just-in-case insurance policy. He is our life. Jesus is not just a charismatic genius who hoodwinks people to believing in him. No. Jesus is our saving lamb. The promised savior of the Old Testament who redeems us by his blood on the cross. He guarantees for us entrance to the ultimate feast at the close of time. So do you put your trust in the saving lamb? Will you remember him? What are you doing with Jesus? To those who don't remember and won't remember, this is worse than resolving never to go to an Anzac service for the rest of your life. It's worse than being an ungrateful, dare I say it, bad Aussie. Jesus took the wrath of God for the punishment that you deserve. If you do not trust him, God's wrath still rests on you. This meal is not for you. Failing to remember and take part in Anzac Day, to be honest, has little or no consequences. But failing to remember Jesus and his sacrifice means going to hell with nothing of the goodness you temporally enjoy today. No friendship, no laughter, no love, no kindness, just pain. But it's the pain that Jesus took for you if you choose to trust in him. Please don't buy the lie that hell is a fun place you live with all your rebellious mates. There are no mates in hell. It's a lie. Why would you choose not to believe in Jesus? Are you ready for eternity? Do you have business to do with your maker? Don't wait until it's too late. But have you already put your faith in Jesus? Do you remember him with gladness, with joy in your heart? Well, praise God. One day you will dine with your Savior. How sweet that day will be when he welcomes you home. Whether things are going well or you're really struggling in this life, you have an unshakable hope in Jesus. Remember him. Soon we're going to share from the bread and from the wine. Let us remember him, reflecting on how great a salvation we have. Let us rejoice as we remember that Christ has won for us salvation and forgiveness and guaranteed us entry into the magnificent banquet in the kingdom of God. At the going down of the sun, when this world is no more, and in the first morning of our resurrection, when we see him face to face, when he wipes away every tear, we will remember him, his perfect sacrifice that secured our perfect ceaseless joy.